Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of businesses good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, welcome to Colorado Business Roundtable's podcast, Profits and Purpose. And today we're welcoming Brock Herzberg, who is the coordinator of Colorado Business Coalition for Immigration Solutions. And he's also the principal owner of Capital Focus LLC. Welcome, Brock. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on. And we're also joined by Megan Pfeiffer, who is the Director of Workforce and Immigration Policy for Colorado Business Roundtable. So good to see you, Megan. Good to see you as well, Debbie. So workforce is such a big issue and how it intertwines with immigration in the state. But before we jump into the issue, I want to hear a little bit more, Brock, about how you ended up in this unique role, not only working for that coalition, but also as the owner of Capital Focus. So tell me a little bit more about your journey, where you started and how you ended up here today. Sure. Um, Well, again, thank you for having me. I am born and raised in Colorado, Um, grew up on an wheat farm in eastern Colorado, uh, did both my undergraduate, graduate work at Colorado State University, and I've always had a passion for advocating for either groups of people or individuals who I don't think have a space to use their own voice or they're uncomfortable doing it. So I've been involved since I was actually in elementary school and working on campaigns, whether it's for a county commissioner, uh, mill levy increases to pay for schools. And that just translated for me into my college career, where I focused on political science communication. Um, and I always wanted to be in the advocacy space. Uh, so I did. I worked at the Colorado State Capitol. Um, I worked in Washington, D.C. for former U.S. Senator Wayne Allard. And then I worked in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, advocating for agriculture out there. And then that's how I got started here in Colorado is I came back working for, um, I moved from Richmond to Denver working for Colorado Dairy Farmers, um, which is an organization that makes up, comprises of all the dairy farmers in Colorado. And we are an affiliate of Dairy Farmers of America. Their number one issue is immigration. So for the past 13 years and reform, reform of our system is what I should say. So for the past 13 years, I've been working with them, advocating at local levels, county commissioners, at our state house in Denver, and then also in Washington, D.C., um, advocating for change, reform for with our immigration immigration system, excuse me. And that's how I was brought. I've been a member through Colorado Dairy Farmers of the Colorado Business Coalition for Immigration Solutions, was a member advocating with them on behalf of our dairy farmers, um, helping them try and find solutions. Um, And then it just happened that there was an opportunity to partner with them. So that is what I did. And I To your point, Debbie, I do own my own, co-own my own lobbying firm, consulting firm in Denver, Capital Focus, and I'm in year 11. I should know this a little bit better, but I'm in year 11, um, and I co-own that business with my business partner, Landon Gates. Okay, well, nice. I want to hear more about doing advocacy, working in advocacy as a young kid. That's fascinating. Did your parents loop you in, or did you on your own jump in. And I say that because my poor kids were traumatized. I can't tell you how many parades they had to march in. 
they're on campaign literature, you know, for probably 10 different candidates and, and they didn't really have a choice. Did you have a choice or did you kind of get hooked all on your own? I did. And for me, it kind of, it somewhat skipped a generation on my dad's side. My grandfather was very involved in county politics in Eastern Colorado, obviously. And I was the fifth generation born on that farm. My grandfather was heavily involved in county politics and in state politics. So I orbited around him being involved with all of that. But then kind of going back to advocating for people who either they don't have a voice or are uncomfortable with it. I remember sitting around the table um, on our farm with my parents, you know, being landowners, that's in rural Colorado, they're the tax base. Um, and they're the ones who pay those mill levies that are, are going towards schools uh, and other issues. My parents were always hesitant to go to those types of county commission meetings. So I would go. Um, and as a kid, I would take notes on how the discussion went um, and and where it was heading. Were, we, were they t- contemplating raising mills by two? Were they going up to, you know, by 10? And depending on how much land you own, uh, that's a huge increase. So I voluntarily did it. And I can remember um, a lot of our county commission meetings were held um, around the county, and I grew up in, in Washington County, which is a fairly large county in eastern Colorado, having my parents drive me 20 miles into Akron, uh, drop me off. Uh, they would go see um, either friends or family while I sat at the county commission meetings, and then I would come back and we would walk through what that means, what it would mean to us as landowners, what it would mean to my parents. Um, so that's how I got involved in it. And I know it sounds wonky and weird, but I, I really enjoyed it. And from there, uh, I talked to people about, oh, well, if you need somebody to ride around in your pickup with you on your campaign, I'm willing to help knock doors or whatever. So it just kind of grew into a natural progression. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you were a little lobbyist without being paid <laughs> way back in the day and then just grew into, well, I might as well that's get paid right. for what I'm good at, right? That's, That's really right. fun. Well, Megan, let's loop you in. Tell folks who are listening to this podcast a little bit more about your journey and how you ended up working on such an important topic for, for our organization, Colorado Business Roundtable. Believe it or not, we have a very similar story. Um, I decided I wanted to be a lobbyist when I was 11 years old. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that says, like, I'm sure it says nothing good about us. But <laughs> we did. And yeah, so I was involved in campaign work and different advocacy work in school and in the community from a young age through high school. I was focused on political science in college as an undergrad, um, did some work in D.C., did work back in Iowa, which is where I'm originally from, and then uh, was doing lobbying. And in 2012, um, I decided to go to law school, all for exactly the same reasons that Brock got involved in advocacy work, because I was really passionate about having a voice for those who felt voiceless or didn't have the education or background to be able to speak for themselves and wanted to be able to provide that advocacy uh, road for them. And so, yeah, went to law school, came out and uh, was going to do criminal defense work 
funny enough, um, but got a really incredible offer with a public affairs firm. And one of the groups they were working with was coincidentally New American Economy. And so I got to work on immigration reform nationally for about four or five years and learned a great deal and just became really passionate about the issue and combining that with my love for focusing on work for business um, and helping out our job creators was just a dream come true. And then um, got connected in with the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, who wanted to do work on immigration reform and given my background, um, wanted to do some work with me and was working in Colorado to figure out ways to help get the business community engaged in the issue um, a little bit more prominently. And so they created a position within the Colorado Business Roundtable and worked with the Business Roundtable to create this position. And then I was lucky enough to get the position. So um, here I am in Colorado getting to work with you and uh, people like Barack uh, to talk about immigration reform and figuring out ways that we can advocate from a business perspective and, you know, helping out our workforce. Well, great. And I've learned so much from both of you already on this issue. And it feels like we're in such a heightened awareness of anything that affects business right now, in particular, because we're relying on the private sector to be the engine that restarts, rehires, recharges our economy. And it can't be more critical to have a stable workforce. So Brock, tell us more about the Colorado Business Coalition for Immigration Solutions. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Tell us more about that group, how it came about, what the goals are, and what our private sector folks who are listening to this podcast would want to know about that. It is a mouthful. I sometimes just refer to it as CBCIS, and even that's kind of a mouthful. But we were really, the coalition was born out of what is called Colorado Compact. You can learn more about that at cocompact.org. Uh, but it was born out of about six principles that business leaders, not just business leaders, trade association leaders, advocacy leaders from all corners of Colorado that came together after seeing that we had no movement in Washington, D.C., came together and said, we need to move this issue forward and take away some of the rhetoric on both sides of the issue that is used to talk about immigration reform. Let's focus on um, the impact of this to Colorado, uh, the impact of this to an individual business owner, to the broader uh, business community. And we are, we partner with New American Economy to what uh, uh, group Megan was referencing that they are an, a bipartisan group. They really focus on providing data and research on what the immigration issue means to your community, to your county, to your state, uh, and to the nation as a whole. They really back us up with everything that we talk about. When we talk about the numbers, uh, the impact of this to the economy in Colorado, the number of people that are impacted by it, uh, New American Economy really has great research that is not, it's designed to help take away what is normally a very heightened partisan issue. They like to back up the the case to the business community and to the voters and to the elected officials who really do make decisions on this uh, on this issue. Here's what it is, just baseline. Here's the information that backs up what the impact of this is to Colorado. And our coalition is made up 
of the business community, Debbie, that you and Megan are very familiar with. Agriculture is a very large part of this conversation because a lot of people don't think about agriculture when they think of this topic, but we do rely uh, the agriculture industry. This is a huge issue to them. Um, the hotel and lodging industry, the ski industry, all the things that we know and love about Colorado and what makes Colorado, Colorado. This is a defining issue for them. So that's where the coalition came to be together. The compact came together and the compact was really formed by those business leaders that I was referencing to talk about that this, you can talk about immigration reform and talk about national security. You can talk about immigration reform and talk about um, federal help. There, there is a space here, obviously. You can talk about it in a, in a, in a way that is really critical to just Colorado. Um, and I think, and this is where I do, I sometimes have become emotional talking about this issue. These are people, these are families that not only are the people that we're talking about, but they're the ones who own businesses. They are the ones that create our economy. And I think sometimes we forget about that because it becomes so political and so partisan. So what we're trying to do uh, with the coalition and with the data that New American Economy is providing is really let's let's not talk about if you're on one side of it, you're against us or you're on the other side of it, you're against us. What does this mean to Colorado and what does this mean to the economy in Colorado, which we all want to see? Um, thrive and grow and be one of the best economies in the country. That is really what we're focused on. Um, and we want to do it. I, I really think if you take away some of the, and I, I'll say the hateful rhetoric that is around this issue, there is a common sense approach. And I know Colorado, we're, we're in the West, we're independent. I think we could be a leading state to say, let's move this issue forward in a way that works for our communities, our business leaders, our state, and then hopefully the entire country. So that is, that's really what our focus is. Yeah. I think that's really well said, Brock. And, and I know that we'll point our listeners to some of that economic data that sure. shows the economic impact in Colorado. But I think what you're really talking about is what are the faces behind the economic data. So how do we understand our interconnectivity and, uh, you know, the ability to have shared success together as a state for um, understanding, you know, really just common sense reform on this yeah. kind of an issue, knowing that we need um, a reliable and stable workforce. Sure. So how has COVID-19 changed to some degree? I know this organization has been around before COVID and you've been doing yeah. this work for decades, you know, a decade plus. Yeah. How has COVID-19 changed to some degree the perception of this issue and maybe the strategy of how you're moving the issue forward? That's a great question. And I don't, I, I've been asked this before and I want to approach this carefully because what we're going through as a country with, and, a, and as a global community really with this pandemic is awful. And I, my heart goes out to everybody who's been impacted by this. And I don't know that there is one out of the 7 billion people on this planet that have not been touched by this, whether or not it's impacted you health-wise or um, to your job. Um, I, I really don't, I don't want to diminish that. But I've 
one of the things that I have been talking about, and I've talked with you all at the business roundtable. I've talked with some other really leading business thought leaders in Colorado about why do we not use this experience that we're going through to highlight, which we did not need a pandemic to highlight it, that once again, our system that is in place right now is so fundamentally broken that we're deeming some people essential workers. And then on the very next day, we're saying, well, we're cutting off or we're greatly diminishing visas that are coming into the country. COVID has highlighted in a very stark black and white way, I believe, that the system is broken. And like I said, we've started, we started going down this path of saying, um, you know, essential workers, that those are your grocery store workers, your workers in your hospital, your healthcare providers, your the people that are growing and producing your food, that are cleaning your hotels. These are all people that have been told you are an essential worker. But there is also this glaring, what I consider a glaring kind of backtrack on that by, okay, well, then we're going to try and address this by, um, you know, the, the thing that one of the things you always hear is, well, if we just give jobs to Americans only, this will solve everything. I think what we've seen through COVID is that is not the case, um, that there are some of these essential workers um, that maybe were not born in this country that we are relying on. We may not see them every day, but they are keeping our communities going. They're keeping our states going and they're, they are keeping our country going. And, and one of the things, oh, I'm sorry. Brian, go ahead. I was just going to ask, jump in and, and maybe pivot it a little bit. Do you feel yeah. like in some ways COVID has led to a really interesting time of disruption? And I mean disruption in a positive sense. It could, yeah. it could mean that the way we did things before, you know, we can put that in the past and look forward and be innovative and really turn an issue like this on its head, perhaps that couldn't have been done a year or two ago. So does that give you some optimism to think that this could actually be an opportunity to really solve a problem when before Debbie, people didn't want to solve something? Debbie, I think that is a great, great point. And that is, you know, talking to the Colorado federal delegation, uh, talking even with state legislators, I, I have said that very thing about this has completely made us readjust. I, I don't know. And, you know, everybody says, Oh, the new normal. I, I don't, I don't want to use that phrase, but it has made us rethink how we do everything. The fact that, you know, we're now doing this podcast through a zoom that we can see each other um, and that we're communicating in fundamentally different ways. Uh, it has presented an opportunity for us to rethink how we approach this issue. And as the country starts to not just the country, the state of Colorado, our communities that we all live, live in and love as they start to come out of this. And I do believe we'll come out of it as they start to come out of it and grow, we cannot continue down this road without addressing there has to be reform or we're just going to find ourselves in the next emergency that we see. It'll just highlight itself again. So I do think it has caused a shift in perception and perception is reality for people that we can no longer not talk about it or we can no longer 
just talk about it in closed circles or behind closed doors. Right. Absolutely. And I would say too, Brock, I, the business community more than ever is being called upon to be innovative and entrepreneurial and big thinkers on how do we help get our economy back on track, not only in Colorado, but across the country. And I really liked what you said. Colorado is in a really unique position. Look, we have lots of things that divide us, but Coloradans by and large, I think have a really collaborative spirit about being problem solvers on these issues. And I'll have Megan go first and then Brock, you can finish it up. But what's, what's the one thing perhaps you want our business folks to know around the issue of workforce and immigration? Like what's the one thing you want them to really sink their teeth into on whether it's just a fact or a, or a face or, or some takeaway, Megan, you go first. I think to me, my answer is a little general. Uh, I really genuinely want the business community and business leaders to understand the impact that immigrants are having on our economy, in our communities, and to our workforce. The numbers are near, they're jaw dropping. They're really compelling. And I think that there's just a lack of knowledge. Um, it's not that the information isn't there. It's just us getting that information to our business leaders. I think it's like that line in Hamilton. Do you guys know that line about immigrants? Oh, we get things done. Yeah. Immigrants, they get the job done and, you know, we high fives each other. I think that's kind of a nice pop culture segue to your work. Brock, Brock, what's the one thing you want to leave us with today and what, what we should know about your work? What I really want to stress, Debbie, and again, I'll thank you and Megan and uh, the, and Colorado Business Roundtable for asking me to be on it, to, to, uh, be on this um, podcast with you all. What I really want to stress is I know that people have their own personal points of view on the issue of immigration reform. And I know what may work for a dairy farmer does not work for a hotel owner, does not work for a small town business owner in Paonia. But the one thing that is connecting all of them is that they all This issue is impacting them. What I want to stress so, so, so much is please do not, and I partnering with you all is amazing. Please do not pull away from us just because, well, that sounds like you're going down path A, but that doesn't really impact me. So I'm just not going to engage and use my voice. That is what I think is great about Colorado is that if we... Just sit down and talk about this, and we can figure out a way for all of us to move this issue forward. I just don't want people to pull away, one, because it is such a a hot issue and it's passionate on both sides, but we cannot not talk about this. And I just don't, if this doesn't sound like it would be something that would address you specifically, that's great, but... Don't pull away from the conversation because you're either scared of it. Don't you feel uncomfortable talking about it? We have to address this and we have to do it in a meaningful way. And if we can just go together and do this and collaborate on it, backed up by research and data that show us to Megan's point, the unbelievable numbers that are behind this. These are our people in our communities, our churches, our schools. They are there. 
they are part of who we all are. We have to, these are human beings that, uh, that make up the fabric of where we live. Um, we have to continue talking about it. And I think the only way to do that in a, is in a collaborative partnership that our coalition for immigration solutions, Colorado business Roundtable, all of the people that are involved in this, we, we may not always agree, but I think we will agree more than we ever disagree on this issue. So that would be my parting. Um, like I just want people to come to the table uh, and be willing to have a rational, logical, common sense conversation around this issue. Right. And well, and hopefully this is the conversation that Colorado Business Roundtable can also help convene. Absolutely. which we're good at that. And if there's folks who are interested in joining their coalition, can we send them your way, Brock? Absolutely. You can, okay. and you can send them my way. You can send them to cocompact.org. Uh, but yes, uh, definitely send them to me. I'd love to talk about it. And Debbie, I just can't say enough partnerships like with you all at the business round table, this, it, this will not happen overnight. We have been talking about immigration reform for literally decades, but without partnerships like these, nothing will get done. So I, I, I greatly appreciate it. Well, and we really appreciate your time, Brock. And it's an exciting time to be in the business of collaborating and problem solving. And, and like we said, Coloradans are uniquely positioned to perhaps lead the country yep. in the kind of uh, conversations of reform that we're thinking of. So thanks again, Brock and Megan, for joining us today with Colorado Business Roundtable on this important issue of immigration. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.